Oh, we doing okay? You got an extra hour of sleep last night? <laughs> no, I know that's not how it works. Uh, here we go. So um, uh, in the reading, a very long reading that you heard, we're going to be zooming in on one single verse today that, uh, that tells us a very important thing that God wants us to do. He wants us to use our mouth, right, not our lips. He wants us to use our mouth to speak about God to people around us. And uh, I want you to think for just a minute, and I want them to think for just a minute, about two ways to do that. Um, one way is, is right and good, but it's very complex and kind of hard to do, right? So can I give you an example of that? Sometimes when we think about speaking uh, about God, we, uh, we think too big and too deep, and we have to be like super detailed. So I'm going to give you an example of that. Ready? goes like this. Holy Scripture sums up all of its teachings regarding the love of God to the world of sinners, regarding the salvation wrought by Christ, and regarding faith in Christ as the only way to obtain salvation in the article of justification. Scripture teaches that God has already declared the whole world to be righteous in Christ. Romans chapter 5, 19, 2 Corinthians 5, 18 to 21, and Romans 4, verse 25. That therefore, not for the sake of their good works, but with the works of the law by grace for Christ's sake, he justifies, that is, accounts as righteous all those, uh, let's see, who believe, accept, and rely on the fact that for Christ's sake their sins are forgiven. Let me catch my breath. Thus, the Holy Ghost testifies through St. Paul, there is no difference for all have sinned and come short uh, of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Romans chapter 3, verse 23 and 24. Now, what did I just say? What did I just say? Uh, like, chapter 3, Romans. <laughs> yeah, you said the, yeah, the very last thing that I said. Good job. Um, so check this out, right? Sometimes when we think about our job, our responsibility of speaking about God to people around us, we can do the really big, like really detailed thing, and that's okay, but we can also be really simple. So sometimes I like to think about like kids' songs that I know because it tells us certain truths about God, and it's really easy to communicate. So another way to do it, right, really simple, is to just go like this. My God is so great, so strong, and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. My God is so great, so strong, and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. The mountains are his, the valleys are his, the sea is his handiwork too. My God is so great, so strong, and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. Now what did I say? My God is so great. Yeah, wasn't that super easy? Right, so both examples are okay, but when we think about uh, how God wants us to speak about him to other people, we don't, have to, we don't have to have big lofty words. We don't have to have really detailed explanations. We can just go to people and say, hey, my God, he's super great. And that's all you really need to say. So today we're going to think about um, how God invites all of us to be speakers for him and uh, reasons that we don't do it and how we might start to do it a little bit. Okay? Is that cool? Let's pray and we'll ask God for some strength and some help to do that. Okay? Dear Jesus, thanks for loving us. You have given us a big job to speak about you 
to people around us. Help us to know the right words at the right time for the person we're talking to. And all God's kids said, Amen. Amen. Okay, you can go ahead and uh, head on out. Miss Aaron is going to go with you to uh, Kids Church if you'd like to go. So um, anybody else uh, guilty of that? I mean, I did that for them, but anybody else sort of guilty of that? Just like trying to do the really big, like really full explanation? Uh, I, uh, I, in first service, I made them come to my Bible class before I told them. But the first thing that I read, uh, and this, well, maybe I shouldn't even go there. Uh, the first thing I read is actually from the LCMS website uh, regarding justification. So how salvation happens, in other words. And, um, and it's, so I just wanted to read something that was like totally right and good. But sometimes we look at that and say, oh, I have to share God's word like that. And um, I just kind of want you to hear, like, no, if you can remember a little kid song, right, and, and just sing that to somebody or even just say it to somebody, like, I think God will use that in a really powerful way. Uh, so we're going to kind of talk about that as we go along today. Um, uh, the reading was super long. We're going to zoom in on just really uh, one particular uh, verse and one particular theme from it. Um, however, will you kind of uh, go ahead and go to the next one there? I just want you to see these numbers. I expect you to have this memorized by the time we're done. Uh, 2328 sounds a lot like 2819 to 20, which sounds a lot like 262, uh, which also sounds like 18 and 1527 and probably some others as well. Got it? Come on. Thank you for your honesty, right? So here's what we're going to do. Um, uh, we're going to walk through all of these uh, in, in pretty quick fashion because they all draw out the same theme. Uh, and the theme is very simple. God expects his people to speak for him. God expects us to be able to speak about him to the world around us. He, he expects us to be able to say, hey, here's who God is, here's what he's done, and here's how we should respond. So all of these um, chapters and verses actually kind of pick up on that. So go ahead and go to the next one, just so you kind of get an example. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 28. Uh, we heard it earlier, but let me say it again, right? Uh, God says, let him who speaks my words speak it faithfully. Um, so, so there's the clear expectation, right? God says, hey, I want you to be able to speak my word to people around you. And when you speak my word, do it faithfully. Uh, that word faithfully, um, you could say, uh, speak it rightly, uh, speak it correctly, speak it continually, right? Any of those are, are kind of good ways to describe that, that word faithfully. And so what we see is uh, Jeremiah 23, 28 sounds a lot like Matthew 28, 19 to 20, uh, which uh, we all should know quite well because I've been uh, preaching it to you for several years now, but it's the Great Commission uh, from Jesus. Uh, he's just risen from the dead and, uh, and he gathers his disciples together and he tells them, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and... teaching them, right? So we're going to say that again with more enthusiasm and gusto, right? We're going to add in that teaching part in that pregnant pause. You got it? So when I pause, right, you say teaching, right? So uh, Jesus says in the Great Commission, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and 
Excellent. Good job. Teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. So uh, there we see it again, right? God expects us to speak for him, speak on his behalf, to tell other people about who he is and what he's done uh, and how we should respond. Um, 23, 28 sounds a lot like 28, 19 to 20, which also sounds like 26, chap- uh, 26 verse 2 from the book of Come on, folks. Oh, that's a good one. Hold on to that. Say it later. Um, 26 verse 2 actually comes from the book of Jeremiah. I wanted to give you two passages from Jeremiah uh, so that you could, uh, uh, since we're in the series of Jeremiah, uh, 26 verse 2 says this, stand in the courtyard and speak. Stand in the courtyard and speak all the words that I have commanded you to speak. So there we see the theme again, right? That sometimes God's going to put us in a very public space uh, so that we can speak his words, speak about him to people around us, right? Stand in the courtyards and speak. Uh, 23 verse 28 sounds a lot like 28, 19 to 20, which sounds a lot like 26, 2, which sounds a lot like chapter 1, verse 8 from the book of... Oh, you're so smart. You must have the whole Bible memorized. Look at you from the book of Acts. Uh, Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says this. It says, you shall be my witnesses. You shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Um, To be a witness means that you have heard something or you have seen something happen and you begin to, guess what? Speak about it. Yeah, you, you got it. Um, you begin to speak about it, right? So there we see the theme again, that God expects his people, his disciples, to be able to speak about him. Uh, Acts chapter 1, verse 8, uh, Jesus has risen from the dead. Um, he's shown himself to, to hundreds of people for about 50 days, and he's just about ready to ascend into heaven. And this is when he says, hey, you shall be my witnesses. I want you to start talking about me to people around you. 23, 28 sounds a lot like 28, 19 to 20, which sounds a lot like 26, 2, which also sounds like 1, 8, and finally sounds like 15, 27 from the book of John, the Gospel of John. John chapter 15, verse 27 says this, Jesus says, you also must testify because you have been with me. So this is sort of towards the end of of the life of Jesus. In fact, it's probably just in his final days. Uh, That's the setting of chapter 15. And uh, and Jesus is with the disciples uh, probably in the upper room uh, that night and uh, the night that he was betrayed, actually. And, uh, and he tells them, hey, look, you've been with me for a long time. I've been revealing the Father to you. I've been teaching you a lot of things. And, uh, and now you get to reveal the Father to others. You've been with me, so I want you to start testifying to others. I want you to start speaking my word uh, to other people. Uh, 23, 28 sounds a lot like 28, 19 to 20, which sounds like 26, 2, which sounds like 1, 8, and 15, 27, and probably other places for that matter. Uh, the theme is pretty clear, especially in the New Testament, that, that we have a God who, who has this expectation that we will be speakers for him, that, that we will speak about him to people around us who he is and what he's done and how we should respond, uh, that, that we will be witnesses, that we will testify about him, that we will teach other people. Um, this is the responsibility that God has, has placed in front of every one of us. So um, the, the question is, um, how, how are you doing with that? It's difficult, thanks for your honesty. 
Yeah, how are you doing with that? Um, specifically, um, maybe how many spiritual conversations have you had in the last week? Uh, a bunch of us went to uh, a spiritual conversations conference uh, last weekend, and, uh, and we were wrestling with this question. Um, how many spiritual conversations have you had in the past year? That question was. I'm just asking in the past week. Uh, and if we narrow the field, how many spiritual conversations have you had with, uh, with, with people that are, that are maybe believers, they know Jesus, but they're not part of our church or they're not part of your small group? Um, how many spiritual conversations have you had with people that are non-believers, don't really know Jesus at all? Um, if I'm just kind of being transparent and sharing some of my own story, um, how many spiritual conversations have I had in the last week? Well, I've had a bunch because uh, I'm a pastor and it's kind of what I do. People sort of expect me to have a spiritual conversation with them. Um, however, uh, the field gets a lot smaller uh, in that second question. How many spiritual conversations have I had with, with people that are believers but not part of our church and not part of our small group? Um, I'd honestly be able to say over the last week, uh, quite a few. Um, but if you uh, talked to me and asked me the same question back two, three weeks ago, uh, I would have said, probably not very many. Uh, because of the injury, my life has been kind of out of balance and I'm trying to kind of get balance back into my life. And, uh, and so this past week with the hoopla and, and gathering together with our court on uh, Thursday night, it was great, right? We watched the Niners game, we had Halloween candy, campfire, super fun. Uh, but we got to have conversation with, uh, with other people that are already believers but not part of our church. Um, how many spiritual conversations have I had with non-believers? If I'm honest and transparent, probably zero. Um, not happy about that. Uh, that's not really a, a happy balance or a happy rhythm for me. Again, my life has been out of balance and out of rhythm since the injury, and I'm trying to kind of get back into some of those out connections and relationships, uh, people that don't really know Jesus, and just being able to have a friendly spiritual conversation with them. Uh, so I just kind of share a little bit of my own journey and my own experience with that so that you see that sometimes it's hard for me too and I've got I've to kind of intentionally work towards having spiritual conversations. Uh, but the second question for us, and this is where, really where we'll sit for quite a while, um, uh, why don't we have these spiritual conversations? And I want to suggest to you uh, four different reasons, and they all kind of boil down to, to a couple of different things. Um, on the one hand, I would just say simply, we don't have the spiritual conversations because we aren't gospel, good news focused people. And that might feel uncomfortable to you because uh, in the Lutheran church, we really promote and celebrate the gospel and the good news. But, but I think if we're not having these kind of conversations, we're probably not living in a gospel, good news centered way. And so my hope today is to put the gospel in front of you and the good news of who Jesus is in front of you in a, in a fresh way uh, so that we can be moved and, and, and encouraged to have these conversations. Um, uh, to kind of filter that down or say it in a different way, uh, I think we spend too much uh, time living in the fear and not enough time living in the freedom of the gospel good news message. And so we can kind of break those fears down in, in, in four different ways, I think. Go ahead, Hugh, and put those up. Um, one thing that we might fear is the wrath of God. I won't ask you to put up your hand for this one, although I'll ask you to put up your hands for some others. Um, uh, Jeremiah 23 really pushes us actually kind of to, to have some of this fear of God's wrath. It's kind of interesting. I titled it the least helpful chapter <laughs> uh, because... 
you know, it, it's, a, it's about the prophets. And a prophet is somebody who hears God's word and speaks it to people around them, which is what we're trying to encourage and promote as a, as a church body here called Resurrection. And, uh, and so I called it the least helpful chapter because it's not just about the prophets, it's against the prophets. Uh, God is like super frustrated and angry with the prophets because they aren't rightly speaking about God. Uh, they're, they're not sharing the whole truth and the big picture of who God is. And God is frustrated with that. And he says, basically, I am against the prophets. And, and I'm so frustrated with you that I'm going to cast you off, right? And, and I'll have nothing to do with you anymore because of what you've been doing. Now, I mean, just put yourselves in the shoes of a pastor, if you can, and, and read that and hear that and be like, it's a little bit intimidating, right? It's a little bit scary to be thinking about, okay, so, so if I mess this up, God's going to pour out his wrath on me. See, we spend too much time living in the fear of God's wrath. And maybe we even have this kind of false picture, this false belief that God is a God with arms crossed, waiting to judge you, waiting for you to screw up and then smite you in some way. And so we just need to, to, to sort of start moving away from that and come back to the gospel good news truth that we have a, a God who is incredibly gracious. And we get to see this, especially in the life of Jesus. We have a God who sends Jesus to take on human flesh and he dies on the cross and he rises from the dead, right? So that, so that we could be given a, a new life. Um, to use the words of, of uh, uh, 1 Corinthians, he who knew no sin became sin for us so that the curse of sin might be done away with. Uh, to put it in our language today, Jesus was the perfect prophet who became the imperfect prophet to make up for my, all of my imperfect prophetness. <laughs> oh man, this is such an incredibly beautiful truth, right? That we have this God who, who is so gracious and he invites us and he gives us this responsibility to speak about him to the world around us. And he's not waiting to smite you when you screw it up. No, he, he's loving and he's gracious and he's already paid the penalty for the things that you might say wrong. He's paid the penalty for the things that you might, might do wrong. And, and, and he's inviting you to, to speak about that grace to people around you. But we've got to come back to the truth of a God who is gracious. Um, another reason or fear that we might have is that I don't know enough. Uh, show of hands, how many of you uh, kind of would say that one? Yeah, very common reason. Uh, this one and the next one are the, most, uh, the two most common reasons that, uh, that we usually give for not speaking about God to people around us. I don't know enough. Um, that's, a, that's a frequent deal. Uh, here, here's the problem with that. Who are you focused on in that scenario? You're focused on yourself, right? You see that? Um, the problem is that you're not focused on God. <laughs> you're not focused on Jesus. Um, I don't know enough. We're afraid that since I don't know enough, I won't be able to say it like the Lutheran Church does on their website. <laughs> um, and I don't, I don't know that that's really what, what God is wanting us to do. Um, we, we've just got to come back to this truth that we've got a God who is so great that he can take a little bit that you know and do something great and big in the heart and mind of the person you're speaking to. Um, this is a little bit of a side tangent, but I can't, I can't tell you the number of times um, that, that I have preached a sermon and, and, and y'all come up to me and say, hey, that was a great sermon. And I'll say, 
oh, what? The thanks for the encouragement. Like, what stood out to you? And, uh, and you guys will spit out something, and I'll be like, that was not the point of the sermon. <laughs> or I'll be like, that was not the goal that I worked so hard to achieve. And, and you know what? I've just learned how to, like, rejoice over that. Because I really believe this, that, that we have a God who is so great and so incredible that he takes the words out of my mouth and he, and he, and he changes them by the time they get to your ears, by the time they get to your heart. And he takes the little bit that I know and, and, he, and he does something great in your heart and in your mind. We've just got to come back to the truth and the good news, the gospel, that, that we have this God who is great. And, and he can take the little bit that you know and do something big in the heart of the hearer. Um, it's like a huge, actually, celebration for me now that, that, that God just kind of uses my mouth and, and he emphasizes something to you and emphasizes something to other people that I didn't really intend. And I just celebrate the good news that we have a God who is, who is great. Uh, another reason uh, that, that we sometimes give for not speaking about him, right? This is the... Um, this is the fear of other people, uh, kind of the I'm afraid that they're not going to receive what I'm saying. They're going to get mad at me for having a spiritual conversation. Um, they're, they're not going to like having a spiritual conversation with me. Anybody kind of have that fear uh, that sort of holds you back? Yeah. Uh, by the way, statistically, uh, they've, they've done some interesting research on this, uh, and it's a very, very like minuscule percentage of people that actually get mad when you try to have a spiritual conversation with them. Uh, in fact, in all my years of trying to have spiritual conversations with people, I've never experienced it. I have had people who just kind of like stop talking to me, <laughs> right? But that's okay. Like, they're not like aggressively mad at me or annoyed that I'm having a spiritual conversation. They just kind of like, and, and that's just kind of my cue to like, okay, like I'll just back off, right? That's okay. Um, but, but it's super interesting that, that most people actually don't get mad. But, but here too, right, we've just got an improper focus uh, because our focus is on who? Really on the other people, right, instead of a focus on God. See, that we, we've got to come back to the good news and the, and the gospel that we have a God who is glorious. And that word always needs a little bit of explanation. Um, uh, glorious means uh, that there is no one and nothing bigger than God, there's no one and nothing bigger than Jesus, uh, which means that we don't worry so much about what other people think because they're not as big as God. Uh, we don't worry so much about, about even how it's going to impact my relationship with them. See, I don't have to be afraid of other people and how they're going to receive God's word because I'm looking at Jesus and there's no one and nothing bigger than him. And so when we come back to that good news gospel message, it kind of creates a little bit of freedom to be less worried and anxious about how I'm going to be received and more just like joy in I'm doing what Jesus is telling me to do. And that's super cool, right? Good news. Um, the last one is kind of interesting, and I, I had to kind of wrestle with this one a little bit yesterday as I was thinking about this. Um, uh, sometimes we, we don't speak about God because uh, we don't think it will be fun. Um, and let me just kind of uh, share my story, and then I'll jump back into this here. But um, I, I never uh, really started speaking publicly about Jesus until I was a sophomore in college. And uh, for the first couple of years, years, that I would speak about Jesus publicly, um, I, would, uh, I would get done, and I would, like, find a, a quiet hole to bury myself in, and I would just weep. It was exhausting to me. 
um, and and it was like a, a heavy burden that I that I carried for those couple of years. It was uh, I don't think fun really described it uh, at that time in my life. Um, but but here, here's what I did, right? I, I didn't, uh, obviously, right? I didn't give up on that. I knew that God uh, wanted me, just as a disciple, to be able to speak about him to people around me. And, and, and for me as a pastor, right, I knew that God had given me some unique gifts to speak about him publicly. And so, um, so, so I kept pushing into that, that gift and that calling. And, and, and lo and behold, here over time, it, well, I don't have to find a hole anymore to weep in. <laughs> Wouldn't that be funny? Where's Pastor Dave? Oh, he's it just, don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, it, it's actually kind of fun. I actually enjoy having spiritual conversations with people, believers, non-believers, people in my church, people outside of my church. It's, I, I find a great enjoyment from it because I know I'm doing what God has created me to do. I'm doing what God has invited me to do. Um, so, you know, when we kind of take that approach of like, oh, it's just going to be so hard. Well, yeah, it might be. Oh, it's going to be so full of drudgery. Yeah, it might be. But, but we've got to come back to the truth that we have a God who is good and he wants us to be satisfied. He wants us to have some level of enjoyment. And so uh, when we actually do what he's inviting us to do, it might actually be fun and you might actually enjoy I don't know, singing a little kid song about how great and strong our God is. Um, you might enjoy telling somebody how much God loves them. You might enjoy telling somebody about how you have a God who, who conquered death. Um, when, you, when we push in right, and, and we trust in the good news and the gospel that God is good, um, th- then all of a sudden things begin to shift in our hearts and, and in our actions. <sighs> Um, so, so three things to, to kind of wrap our minds around, I guess, and wrap up is, is number one, right? God has given us the responsibility uh, to be speakers for him. Uh, Jeremiah twenty three twenty eight says, let him who speaks, speak my word faithfully, rightly, truthfully, continually. Um, we don't always do that <laughs> uh, because we don't t- uh, often enough uh, remember the good news of who God is and what's really most important. Uh, we, we don't often live in that gospel. We don't live in the victory of our God. And so today, I hope, is just sort of a refreshment for you and a celebration of the, of the good news and the gospel message of, of who God is and what he's done for you, right? And, and that we can live in the freedom of, uh, of a God who is gracious and and great, and glorious, and oh so good. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Uh, Lord Jesus, we thank you for trusting us. Oh man, trusting us with the responsibility, with the honor of speaking about you to people around us. Uh, We're just being honest and real today that we have uh, fears when it comes to that. And so we ask, uh, will you please put the good news uh, in front of us? Will you put the gospel truth about who you are and all that you've done in front of us uh, so that we might move away from that fear and experience the freedom of being who you have made us to be? Oh, Jesus, we thank you so much for revealing the Heavenly Father to us. We thank you for revealing so many truths about your kingdom 
And we thank you for letting us represent you here in this world uh, that we live in. In the name of Jesus, all God's people said, amen.